0: Hey, everyone, it's Lizzie. Mary and I are swapping places today so that we can cover the ongoing drama at OpenAI. And it's important to note that this is a fast-moving story. Some things might have changed by the time you listen. Okay, here's the show. Last Friday, Mike Isaac was having a pretty relaxed day. He was getting ready for Thanksgiving and doing a little meal planning.
2: I was literally making a shopping list for the next week of turkey and like pie. Literally, I was going to, I was like, all right, I got to make a pumpkin pie. How am I doing this? Am I going straight pumpkin? Am I doing some crazy stuff?
0: Mike covers tech for the New York Times. And on Friday, he had no idea that a massive story was about to land on him. He's been off Twitter for the last two months.
2: So like totally not paying any attention to the world. And then we get blasted. Blasted with
0: the news that the board of OpenAI, the company behind ChatGPT, was firing CEO Sam Altman, who's arguably the face of AI right now. A seismic story in the tech world. One of Mike's colleagues slacked him the news.
2: I'm almost positive it was like three of us just said, what, 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 what? And started freaking out. And I mean, like, what do you do in that scenario? you just sort of like, it's like a splash of cold water. And then you start figuring out what the hell happened. And then slowly it started dribbling out from there.
0: What started dribbling out seemed like a boardroom coup or a clash of philosophies that took Silicon Valley completely by surprise. It's a drama centered on the buzziest tech company of the past 18 months, and one that played out in public. You and I are having this conversation Monday afternoon. Who is currently in control of OpenAI?
2: So right now, Emmett Scheer, who is a co-founder of the company Twitch, which sold to Amazon and he left the company a little while ago, uh, is now the interim CEO of OpenAI. He was placed there by the board, which specifically sought him out as a independent person, though he kind of aligns with some of their philosophies, at least around how he feels about AI. And uh, very specifically, chosen because they did not want Sam to come back after uh, Altman spent the weekend essentially waging a pressure campaign from the bottom up, including with the support of employees to come back inside. But to your point, that could change today after we get off the phone.
0: And after failing over the weekend to get his spot back at OpenAI, Sam Altman now seems to work for Microsoft, along with one of his OpenAI co-founders. That part got announced early Monday morning, also
2: publicly. Satya Nadella, Microsoft CEO, does a tweet or post or whatever it's called now saying "Sam, uh, Sam Altman and Greg Brockman are coming to Microsoft to, we have hired them to run this new uh, AI-accelerated advanced research lab. They're going to be great. And the subtext of his tweet was even better, which was essentially saying, we welcome anyone else who wants to come inside of our of our doors, uh, meaning all of the extremely upset OpenAI employees that are, are thinking about taking their bags and leaving. Do you
0: think it's fair to say that Silicon Valley was is- just thunderstruck by this?
2: This is probably the craziest story I've ever covered in my career. We were talking about this, I'm, I'm including the Uber saga, which I covered. I, I, we were talking about including the Facebook stuff, including everything. We were talking about this in my tech reporter Slack at, at work. And we're trying to think of like a more insane corporate drama in tech history of the past 50 years. And like, Maybe HP spying on reporters and like its board fight, something like that. But this is the craziest thing ever.
0: Today on the show, what the hell happened at OpenAI? And how did the man who brought ChatGPT to the world get tossed out by his board? I'm Lizzie O'Leary, and you're listening to What Next TBD, a show about technology, power, and how the future will be determined. Stick around.
3: Just go to ramp.com slash easy, ramp.com slash easy, ramp.com slash easy. Currents issued by Sutton Bank and Celtic Bank members of DIC, terms and conditions apply.
0: I want to go bit by bit through the timeline of this craziness and then talk about where we are now. So on Friday, OpenAI's board put out this statement, essentially saying they had fired Sam Altman as CEO. And, and I want to read some of it. It says, Mr. Altman's departure follows a deliberative review by the board, which concluded he was not consistently candid in his communications with the board, mm. hindering its ability to exercise its responsibilities. Mm. Um, when you read that, what did you think?
2: It was not a typical, you know, anodyne board statement of a CEO transition. This was a knife in the back on the way out the door, it was amazing. I thought he
0: must have like done something really bad.
2: That That is exactly what everyone thought too, because not only when you push out a CEO, but when you do it in a public way like this with a public condemnation of their behavior, that usually means there's a body in the closet buried somewhere, you know, whatever. I'm mixing up my metaphors, but it usually means something bad happened, right? And I think that that's immediately where everyone went to, Especially in this vacuum of information where the board basically stopped talking to the public after that statement.
0: Then there's like this internal email that comes out. I I think I read it in a story of yours where someone is saying to employees, this is not related to malfeasance or anything related to our financial business safety or security practice. So they're trying to say, like, no, it wasn't super bad. And we're we're gonna go into the personalities here but that statement made it sound like this was something different that this was maybe a more fundamental disagreement
2: 100% no matter whether you love or hate sam whether you love or hate the board i think it's pretty objectively clear that the board is terrible at communications <laughs> and um and so at some point over the weekend the board realized that not giving uh, a clear-cut example of why this happened was working against them and working against the company because everyone immediately went to: Is there fraud going on here? Is there a data breach? Is there uh, some sexual scandal? Is there like anything you can think of? That was immediately what everyone started postulating. All these sort of theories just abounded because it was a information vacuum. And so to your earlier sort of point, executives inside who, again, are separate from the board and are not working with the board sort of have to step back and be like, okay, we need to to take control of this or we need to at least like tell employees who will no doubt leak it that it's not like some damning thing that's going to cripple the company in some fundamental way. And I think that's why essentially they put that out there. But it also had the added effect of, making people like, then why did you fire the guy, you know, and work against the board even a little bit more, speaking to maybe some dysfunction there or errors in judgment, essentially.
0: This is the kind of story that reporters love. There's intrigue and confusion. And I'll be honest, my text messages from Friday contain a lot of profanity. But you would be forgiven if you weren't as excited as Mike and I are. Why should you pay attention to it if you're, like, some random person who doesn't care who Sam Altman
2: is. I think it's a super fair question. I think a lot of people, I got a text from my aunt this morning who was like, I don't know who this guy is, but your photo is under the front page of the Times, so congratulations. And I was like, all right, thank you. I I think that's the, the, Sam is not a household name. He's He's a very famous, I would say, in, the 50 square miles of San Francisco, Silicon Valley. But his star has risen fairly quickly, uh, you know, in more parts of the world over the past year, particularly because of the rise of OpenAI. It's incredibly large valuation. The power of its generative AI AI technology, which they have put into a product called ChatGBT, which has done what all of these companies are trying to do, but much better and much more consumer friendly than any of them have been able to do so far. It basically lit a fire under all the other big tech companies who are now freaking out. The Googles, the metas of the world are saying, wow, this startup has beaten all of us to the punch of what we want to do with AI. And it also gave them the sort of creative license to put the put the gas on, with pushing out new AI products, whether that's meta and it's chatbots or Google Bard or whatever. So, ChatGPT and OpenAI and Sam Altman are at the sort of center of the great AI race of the past, let's say, 18 months. It's also, you know, there's also a key partnership with Microsoft that OpenAI had that gave Microsoft what uh, a competitive advantage that a lot of people sort of um, took notice of and thought, wow, Microsoft is really ahead of the game here. They're beating Google. They could upend Google in search. They could beat Meta in different ways. And so the fact that this is imploding in very short order throws all of this into upheaval and it throws Microsoft's sort of like future plans in jeopardy and gives other companies, especially Google potentially a leg up in this AI race that they're going to. And all of it hinges on this one guy, Sam Altman, (laughs) that everyone in the company seems to really love and want to follow.
0: Let's go through the weekend shenanigans, because this is like, I don't know, an episode of Succession. Um, When the news of his ouster hits, what happened inside the company?
2: So I, I think there was a shock of disbelief. Uh, maybe it's like, okay, it's a joke. Maybe it's like, uh, you know, eventually, like people sort of trying to figure out what actually happened. I think people were a little hesitant to immediately sort of like join his side only because it was unclear what he did or what the board was saying that he did. You're and using
0: then, air quotes. Yeah, yeah,
2: I was. Yeah, yeah, what he quote unquote did. And then um, in the sort of like, aftermath when it was becoming clear that there wasn't a, necessarily a smoking gun that people knew about uh and when it it seemed more like the board might be acting erratically or irrationally is when employees started taking up arms essentially for Sam and and threatening to quit or at least sort of really railing against the board and that from that point you saw literally the executive table on down uh sort of publicly supporting Sam on uh, in tweets, in memos that are sort of like circulating internally or in like group chats inside and and really just pushing back against the board openly as Sam launched a very intense sort of campaign to place himself back inside of the company, I would say
0: in that campaign he held meetings at the company he was clearly pressuring the board to bring him back what did the various players involved in all these meetings want
2: i mean there he had some degree of leverage i would say uh as the campaign to sort of bring him back in was happening like he uh there were leaks in the, in different parts of the press that were more sympathetic to him that were basically kind of saying these are his conditions for coming back. I think at some point he thought he had a strong hand and it was inevitable that he would come back. And so he was like, well, I'm ambivalent about coming back, but uh, which is something I saw somewhere, which is ridiculous. He was absolutely not ambivalent, But, uh, but I need the board to be reshaped or Uh, You know, I need guarantees that this is going to work like that, like just sort of he thought he had enough leverage to uh, make some significant demands. And the board, meanwhile, on the other side, there was a period in which they were like, maybe we messed up. Should we bring this guy back? But I think that clearly turned uh, on Sunday and they decided this is not going to work. We need to hold firm. And um, it's fundamentally some people on the board have disagreements with, uh, I would say, distrust Sam Altman and the way he behaves, that basically is what they said.
0: When we come back, how worried should we be that AI might do something terrible?
1: If you want to understand what is happening in the United States right now, you really need to understand what's happening with the courts, the law, and the Supreme Court. The battle between democracy and whatever this cage match is that we're witnessing, it's going to be won and lost at the ballot box, but it's also going to be won and lost in the courtrooms. I'm Dahlia Lithwick, I host Slate's legal podcast, Amicus, and we are doubling our output bringing you weekly episodes from here on in because how else can we keep an eye on the many trials of Donald Trump, the conservative legal movement's assaults on our rights, the Supreme Court's latest slate of environmental gutting, gun safety, eviscerating cases on the docket. So follow Amicus wherever you get your podcasts. New episodes dropping every Saturday morning.
0: One of the things that is so strange and frankly, captivating about this whole thing, is how public it is. At one point over the weekend, Altman posted a selfie with an OpenAI visitor's badge on. And then he and several other execs were tweeting heart emojis at each other to signal support, I guess.
2: That was beautiful. The the badge thing was super funny. It's like, it was the like, uh, like, last time I'll wear this guest pass, you know, meaning the subtext being because I will be the CEO soon. Um... I saw, I actually read a lot of it as, um, you know, he was sort of posturing it as a done deal in public, but I thought it was anything but that, basically, when he was doing that. Because you don't, to your point about it being public, you don't throw all this stuff out there in public if you know that you're winning. You do it right. because you you know that you're behind and you need to sort of, like, ratchet up the pressure. But I think if I want to be a media critic here, I think it worked on a lot of folks and they're like, all right, this is coming, you know, and like I was also like, all right, I have to prepare for the scenario in which he's coming back, but also stick to the reporting of like, what do we actually know, you know, and you could see investor tweets, you could see employees in these hearts sort of like showing shows of solidarity, little leaks um, coming out in dribbles across different sort of outlets and stuff. It was a very, it was highly coordinated. Part of me wonders if it had an adverse effect on at some point, because if I'm a member of the board and seeing all of this, I, you know, I'd be like, who is this cocky person trying to go at us through every possible means, except, you know, hashing it out in private sort of thing.
0: Well, I think this is where we need to talk about the board and the very unusual corporate structure. So, We have done a show on this in the past. You have reported on this. OpenAI was started as a nonprofit. Yep. But has this for-profit arm, and that's the arm that Microsoft invested $13 billion in, presumably because Microsoft was like, hey, we can make some money because you have these amazing products. Um, But those profits are capped. Excess money goes back into the nonprofit And so most of the time, if you were a corporate board, your mission is keep things running, maximize profits. This is a different mission. Uh, Their mission statement says their mission and their responsibility is to humanity. And so my question to you is, does the board think Sam Altman is a risk to humanity?
2: there are different camps of how they feel they should be treating ai there are people on the board who believe we need to be really careful because this stuff will kill us all like that is a legitimate yeah we all kind of joke about it when we're like yeah terminators gonna kill me Uh, Mm -hmm. but like i think it's like there are there are very much people who believe that's the case and they are at the top of this company and so Their whole thing is, we need to be safe, we need to be methodical, and we need someone in charge who's not being reckless. And then there's another camp, um, which basically sort of styles themselves as accelerationists who are saying, you know, this would be, we would be negligent if we didn't move faster on this because there are so many upsides to what this tech can do for the world. And sure, you know, Maybe it has some harms or whatever, and we need to control those safeguards. And I, Sam Altman, am the one to do that because we can keep it safe in-house. But, you know, if we don't push the envelope, what about all the, like, sick kids overseas that don't have access to doctors or something that are our uh, chatbots could at least tell them some basic things and help them, you know, give them, you know, aid that they didn't have before. This is a very real example that I've been given before. Hmm. Their philosophy is we need to move fast because we're doing more damage by not giving people the help that they need through (laughs) the advancement of this tech. And I think that these are just polar opposite beliefs of, of people who... Don't seem to easily find a middle ground, is what I would say. And and to your point about it being a nonprofit, a lot of this is driven by belief from a lot of these people. And there's a line about how in one of the memos about if we vaporize the company, then we vaporize the company. But as long as we're doing the thing that we founded this to do, which is better humanity, you know. I think about it in terms of capitalism versus idealism and and the which side is going to win. And it's still not fully clear to me.
0: I mean, do you think it's fair to say that there are people on the board or maybe even a, a majority on the board who are seriously questioning the mission of the company or maybe the effects of their products?
2: I think that the folks on the board still believe that this te- it's kind of like a thing that I talked to an exec about uh, social media a long time ago. Is like this stuff is out in the world. There are people developing it. Like we can't put the genie back in the bottle or whatever, but uh, but we do need to like have safeguards around it and intense ones and do it slowly because the hubris of man is getting wrapped up in how amazing this tech is and letting us destroy ourselves. And so. I do think there are people who really do believe in how harmful it could be, but also the pragmatism of, well, it's there, so we might as well try to, you know, contain it or something while we're working on it.
0: Meanwhile, if you are Satya Nadella watching all of this, thinking, I put $13 billion into this company, WTF is happening, right now it seems like... Microsoft got a big old acquisition in Sam Altman and Greg Brockman and maybe some other people. Do you think that's a fair reading of where we are?
2: Yeah, we're talking about this internally too. Like it's, Sacha. everyone was going crazy when Sacha pulled his sort of like, oh, by the way, we just hired everyone. <laughs> right. And which like, I, it blew me away too. I think my guess is that they would rather Hit the reset button and have OpenAI as a functional company again so they don't have to basically restart at Microsoft, spin up a bunch of stuff. Maybe you get everyone there, maybe not. You're wiping out sort of some investors because like the company that they invested in goes to zero if OpenAI di- I dies. So, like, it does create a lot of problems or challenges to do this from scratch, even though. Microsoft has really deep built-in advantages here. And to your point, they could be getting a multi-billion dollar company and its employees for (laughs) much less than that, you know? So I think Sacha wins kind of either way, in a sense, like either Hmm. he steals all the employees or they restore it back to what it was and they continue their partnership, which he was already benefiting from. But I imagine... If they could just be like, all right, can we just go back to what open AI was? That seems like a probably more attractive option.
0: Lurking in the back of this are are two questions for me. Number one, where does this leave Sam Altman, right? Like his reputation was kind of more as a connector, an entrepreneur than kind of genius technologist. And yet he became, I think, for a lot of people in the last 18 months, the face of AI. Yep. So that's question one. Yep. Question two is: What is there something the board knows that we don't? Like, should I be sitting around here thinking what have they looked at that <laughs> freaked them out?
2: To your first point, I'm I I, I believe. I don't know this for a fact, but I think Sam wants to, like, Sam is a startup guy. He's always been a startup guy. He loves Startup Land. He ran Y Combinator. He was, he sold Looped to a different company. Like, he's a startup guy. I don't think he wants to be an executive at Microsoft. Like, that's just my guess. If that's his, if that's one of the few options that he has because of being thrown out of his company and not being able to get back in, then I guess he would probably do it. He also thought about spinning up his own company, but like... This is one way of doing it. Uh, But look, yeah, I think he I think he'll be fine ish. But I think his ideal landing spot would be back where he was 72 hours ago um, as CEO of OpenAI. As far as like where's the damning dossier of evidence or whatever, like what did the investigators dig up like? I feel like if it was going to come out, it would have come out by now, only because the board is such in a state of distress and pressure that, like, even they have said in communications it was no one thing, it was a series of things. So, like, they are even sort of dispelling the idea that the smoking gun exists. So I think at this point, I think a probably a better way to look at it is, like, okay, What about his character and behavior over time are they talking about? And why did it take this long to sort of get there if you've known that, right? Like if there was no precipitating event, then like you just decided on a Friday before Thanksgiving week that you're going to do it now. So it does, you know, the net result for me is a real lack of confidence in this board. And you can not like Sam at all and not want him to be the OpenAI CEO and still think that the board is acting erratically, which I think is probably the case.
0: Obviously, there is like a fascinating boardroom drama here, but I wonder if any of this will make people in San Francisco and Silicon Valley, which is obsessed with AI right now, think, hey, should we like stop? And have a bigger conversation about AI right now, or <laughs> is this just is this just like a really fascinating gossipy story?
2: I don't think anyone's gonna stop <laughs> stop working on this stuff. There's too much money and power involved, and they all love that. Like their whole sort of and like look like Sam's immediate response to solving these problems was reverting into a state of capitalism. Oh, I'm going to start up another company, right? Like the the answer to being thrown out of a company is to start up another company. And it's like companies all the way down, right? So I don't ever think it's going to be a we should stop and think about what we're doing moment. That's a level of self-reflection that I don't know if that many folks are capable of here. But I do think that, although, I mean, like this is the sort of perennial thing that comes up every time a company implodes or has some sort of disaster, which is like, what do governance controls look like? Shouldn't we have seen uh, how bad of an idea it was that four people who aren't particularly well-versed in governing a very powerful company uh, are the ones who control this whole thing? And that usually kind of gives people at least a moment to reconsider what governance is. But that it. that's what happened in uh, 2017 when they threw Travis off of the Uber board and we're back where we started. So maybe it's just give it a few years before the next implosion or something.
0: Mike Isaac, as always, thank you.
2: Thank you for having me.
0: Mike Isaac is a tech reporter at The New York Times. And that is it for the show today. What Next TBD is produced by Evan Campbell, Patrick Fort, and Anna Phillips. Our show is edited by Jonathan Fisher. Alicia Montgomery is vice president of audio for Slate. And TBD is part of the larger What Next family. We're also part of Future Tense, a partnership of Slate, Arizona State University, and New America. And if you're a fan of what we're doing here, the best way to support us is to join Slate Plus. Just head on over to slate.com slash whatnextplus to sign up. Subscriptions also make lovely holiday gifts. I'm Lizzie O'Leary. Thanks so much for listening.